Hey everybody, this is Barack Obama. Just wanted to check in, see how everybody's doing. I've been pretty busy doing uh, a bunch of things, but uh, you know, when I when I'm working, I like to put on small scale life podcast and uh, you know listen about gardening because Michelle she likes to turn up the heat, do all this gardening thing, and I got to figure out what I'm doing. So listen to small scale life podcast and. Uh, and that's what we're going to do for the folks. So, here we go. Time for the podcast. God bless America. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Live from Grand Rapids, Michigan, welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Dahmers. I have a question for you today. Did you know you can grow food in rain gutters? For those of you who have maple trees in your yard, you know that over time, you can grow a rainforest of maple trees in your gutters. Why not use that knowledge for good? You can use rain gutters from the local home improvement store to grow food. In this episode, I'm going to discuss how to build vertical garden planters using standard materials readily available everywhere. These vertical gardens are working great for me this year, and if you're considering how to increase capacity in your garden without tearing up your yard, you might think about using that unused vertical space. Before we begin this episode, we have a lot of new listeners here to the Small Scale Life podcast. In case you're new to our podcast and blog, Small Scale Life is about... A little simple living. A little urban homesteading and gardening, and... A lot of adventures along the way. All right, so this week we're going to do something a little different. We're not running any advertising this week, so a little gift to the to the audience here. I know that you all look forward to all that advertising, right? So I'm going to do something a little different. We're just going to go no advertising. We're going to run a couple podcasts here and, you know, have a little listener appreciation week. I know everybody's... Uh, probably tired of listening to me read off copy about other products and stuff but that is that does help us here at small scale life when you do buy products from our sponsors and affiliates so we're not going to do that this week we're just going to jump right into it so last week during the garden update i discussed my new vertical garden planters made from two vinyl gutters after I posted the article and podcast, I realized that it had been a while since I discussed this topic, and I've never discussed how to build vertical gardens on fences before. In this post and episode, I'll discuss the following topics. What is a vertical garden? The benefits and challenges of vertical garden planners. Materials needed to build vertical garden planners. And finally, a step-by-step guide for building vertical garden planners. So let's talk about what is a vertical garden. Vertical gardens are growing techniques that take advantage of unused vertical space to grow vegetables, herbs, or flowers. There are several types, well, or maple trees in, in my case, right? There are several types of vertical gardening techniques that can be used effectively in any garden. Trellises, and that's using trellises for certain plants such as tomatoes, cucumbers, pole beans, sugar snap peas, grapes, squashes and gourds, that kind of stuff. You know I've used them on my gardens. You've seen the uh, the conduit with the lines coming down and wrapping around the stems of the plants. And I get tomatoes. 
I've traditionally had tomatoes that grow over 15 feet tall. I've had green beans, pole beans go up to 20 feet tall. So trellises are very powerful. They work great. They let air flow between your plants and really cut down on the blight. So trellises are a great way to use that vertical space and maximize your produce. Then you have hanging planters, and that's using elevated planters that put plants in the air and specifically grow in that unused vertical space. And, you know, for a while there, we were seeing the buckets for um, the upside down tomato growers and upside down strawberry growers. Those were kind of those were hanging planters. And I'm using gutters to take the place of those kind of systems. So I've used both techniques, trellises and hanging planters, effectively over the years. I'm a huge fan of trellis gardening. You heard me just talk about that. And I use trellises exclusively for a number of plants in the garden. And um, I'm going to have another article that discusses my trellis and the technique there in the near future. So hanging planters are just another way to let plants grow in, in the air and maximize that unused space. So I discussed vertical gardens before in a couple articles here and podcasts here on Small Scale Life. That was Vertical Garden 101, Introduction to Vertical Gardening. There's a link on smallscalelife.com for that. There's Vertical Gardening 102, How to Build a Vertical Garden. That was my first vertical garden I built out of two vinyl gutters at my previous place in my previous garden. So you can check out how I did that. And the principles that I'm using today are very similar to those. And then Vertical Gardening with the Plant Charm. That's There were two episodes of that uh, podcast, and Khalid Majauji, he was the guy that kind of blazed the trail, I, I think, in using gutters for large-scale urban farming operations. So um, this was right before he expanded his operations, and it's really interesting to talk to him about how he developed his process over the years and what he's doing in his philosophy about about vertical gardening. So check those out. Links on the blog for that. You can get more at smallscalelife.com. So there's been a lot of change. I mean, some of these articles have been around since 2016. I think uh, the plant charmer, that was season one. Uh, yeah, season one, probably late in the year, I think like August of season one. It's been a lot of changes since those articles and podcasts. Um, the plant charmer, as I said, has expanded his farming operation using exclusively using vertical gardening techniques. And it's a, it's impressive what he's created there. And of course, I've relocated from St. Louis Park to my current homestead in Minneapolis, urban homestead in Minneapolis. So lots has ch- lots have changed, but we're still doing this technique and, and we want to explore that a little bit in this post. So let's talk a little bit about the benefits and challenges of vertical garden planners as, as I see them. I've done a lot of thinking about uh, my two vertical gardening projects, this recent one that's been in place for a couple of weeks now, and then the one I had back in the day. And I found, as I think about it, I think there's some real benefits um, to having vertical planners. And let's talk about those. So one is maximizing space. And as you know, I don't have a huge lot. If you don't have a large acreage or much acreage to devote to your gardening operations, you have to maximize the space. So I can maximize on you space along my fence line and not dig up more of the yard. I think the dog might do that for me, but at this point, I don't want to dig up any more yard. So I'm going to use that unused space along the fence line and and see what I can do with that. It is relatively inexpensive. I constructed my two gutters and filled them up with high quality garden soil for less than 30 bucks. And again, this is three inches wide, three inches deep, 10 feet long, and you can grow some serious stuff in there. So as I go through the step-by-step process, I have the materials listed below. You can always reduce the costs, right? You can find secondhand gutters. 
I just got some for free metal gutters, so I'm going to use those for next year, and you'll see. We're going to roll that out. So I'm, I've, I, as I was thinking about my last post and the garden pest and everything, um, and thinking about these gutters and, and adding more stuff to our life, I thought, man, I can use those and really do some really good stuff. And uh, just wait, we'll, we'll get into that in a future podcast about that. So, you know, you can use other materials you might have around, like uh, stuff you have in your garage. Maybe you have some lumber that lumber that you can use and not have to buy new lumber. Maybe you have screws. Maybe you have zip ties. Maybe you have some of the stuff laying around. Garden soil is another one of the things. You don't have to buy everything new. I would say use what you have. Use up those, you know, use up the materials you have and get creative there. Another benefit uh, to these vertical garden planters is they're simple to construct. You know, these are really simple systems to construct. You don't really have to have a lot of carpentry skill. Uh, You don't have to drill. I mean, you will have to drill and saw, but these are pretty basic, basic skills to have. Um, You'll have to use those skills and your tools, right? The skill saw and the drill. But um, there are some ways around that if you don't have a saw, you can, um, and you buy your lumber from the home improvement store, you can have them cut the the boards to the size you need. You can do that and uh, they will be they have all the gear right there. So you can you can go around that <laughs> by using the uh, home improvement store staff. One other benefit, animals can't reach these things, right? So one big benefit from using the vertical garden planters is you can build them high enough to deter dogs and rabbits from digging up your soil and eating your produce. And considering what I've been going through lately and all the fun I've been having, um, I'm really, 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 really leaning towards developing more vertical, vertical garden planters in 2019. And we'll Again, we'll talk about that in a future podcast. One other benefit, you don't have to bend. Physically, you're not bending over to reach down to the ground, to pull weeds, to do maintenance. Your garden is elevated, right? You don't have to bend too far down to, to do all those things. You, and, and even better, you don't have to bend down to harvest, right? Everything is right there. I mean, right at your waistline and weight right at your chest. So you can pick that stuff up there, uh, pick up the produce there, pick up the herbs or flowers. And it's godsend for older gardeners or people with bad backs. I mean, it's right there for you to do all your maintenance and all of your harvesting. So that's a really good benefit too. And, you know, another one is, it's really interesting. It's an interesting topic of discussion. So as you build these, as you start to grow uh, food or herbs or flowers in these, People will be interested to see what you're growing, how you're doing this. They're really going to be interested to see food growing in these gutters. And it'll be a natural topic of conversation in your neighborhood. And that's and that's starting to build that social capital. And, and you reach out as you start to connect with people in your neighborhood. And they get interested in what you're doing. And, and you start to build that small tribe, that community around you, as people want to see if this works and if this fails. So it'll be an interesting topic of discussion, an interesting thing in your neighborhood and really kind of an attraction it's kind of like curtis stone's model up at green city acres up in canada where he started going and people just stopped by they just wanted to see this guy work and you see this guy put in his urban farm so it's kind of the similar thing here and i I know some people are watching it in my neighborhood and they're just kind of waiting and uh we'll see we'll see who comes up and talks to me here this summer so we do have a couple challenges i'm not going to whitewash this for you there are challenges to using these kind of planters and one thing i mean whether you're using the um, upside down tomato planter 
planter or strawberry planter or these garden these gutters um, <clears throat> one major drawback is watering and you remember you are elevating soil you have air all around this soil right so things will dry out and you need to always remember that so you're going to need to water them as soon as that soil gets dry and if you fail to water your plants you'll end up with crispy critters so this isn't a fire and forget type system like self-watering planters like wicking beds the p51 that i talked about with uh, aaron clary on his podcast this is this is definitely a hands-on thing right because all that air it will dry out air sun will dry out your beds so Khaled uses drip tape with timers to water his plants and right now I just resort to hand watering with a watering can in my rain barrel so that's what I'm doing I check the soil see if it's dried out and then I'll water it and put your fingers in the soil don't just look at it and say oh that looks wet because soil has that weird look to it sometimes so you actually have to get your hands dirty and make sure that your soil has moisture in it and if you're traveling this is another drawback if you're traveling you'll need to get someone to water plants at least or at least make sure your watering system your drip tape or whatever is working properly that's a major must or you're going to just have nothing left now another thing is you will have limited area for root development so like i said these gutters provide about three inches of soil they're three inches wide three inches deep and um you know that's that's enough for some root development you you have to realize that some plants need more soil for root development and you're certainly not going to plant potatoes or carrots or any kind of tubers or anything like that sweet potatoes are another one you just don't have the soil block for those kind of plants so in my previous articles Khaled and, and another gardener talked about what plants did did well and what did not do so well in the system one thing they talked about was onions they said the onions did not do well i don't know for the first time in a long time i'm seeing good onion growth in my beds in these two gutters so we'll see what happens i mean we'll uh, we'll roll with it until it doesn't work right and so i'm just going to keep watching how the onions and the basil and the peppers do this summer so things are looking good so far but again you do have limited area for root development always keep that in mind and then the last thing is replacing nutrients. This is a big issue too because you know you do you don't have a lot of soil biology going on. This is a block of soil and there's no worms in it, there's no compost in it. It's just a block of soil. So one good thing about Karma the dog digging up the garden is uh when she overturned the soil, I got to see all the the environment of the soil. I got to see how many worms and life were in that soil in in the raised beds we have elevated garden beds here there's no way for that life to just fly up there and get in the gardens they're not super worms right crops will deplete the nutrients in the soil so i have to come up with methods to replace the nutrients naturally and organically i mean i could add a lot of fertilizer but we know that you're essentially adding oil and salt to your soil and you don't want to burn that soil out you don't want to burn the plants so i'm going to come up with methods to replace the nutrients naturally and organically and i think certain crops like bush beans and peas um, will be needed for these gutters in the winter months also um, using worm castings and organic compost teas using um, use coffee grounds and some other things they're going to be the way to go with these planters so we're going to explore that a little bit and brew up some compost tea so that's going to be coming up this summer too stay tuned for that so overall as i think about it we have we do have a lot of benefits we do have some drawbacks 
I think the bang for the buck is there. I think that the benefits outweigh the challenges. And, you know, these garden planners provide a new excuse to try some new products and techniques in the garden. So let's do this. I mean, why not? Why not build one of these things? Maybe you guys have some other ideas why this isn't a great idea, but let me know. You know, let me know what you think. I mean, why... Why wouldn't you try it? Why not? It's a little different. It's not tearing up a big stretch of grass and planting that or building some exotic planter uh, on the ground. This is elevated in the air. So how do you build something like this, right? So let's talk about how to build that step-by-step guide, how to build one of these vertical garden planters on fences, on a chain link fence. So let's talk about materials you're going to need. You're going to need, of course, the two vinyl gutters. And you could use repurposed vinyl gutters. You could use metal gutters. Like I mentioned, I've got about 10 new metal gutters that I'm going to use next year that I got for free. So that's going to be pretty cool. You're going to need two green treat 2x4s. You could use 4x4 posts if you want to make this a little more permanent. Um, I also got two green treat uh, 1x4s. They're 10 feet long. These are going to act as shelves for the gutters. I found out the hardware way that you need those. We'll get into that in a minute. I also used 1-inch deck screws. I had some of these on hand from other projects. And then I had a basket uh, or a bag of 12-inch zip ties um, for attaching the uh, 2x4s to the chain link fence posts. I bought a bag of garden soil. I did have some around. I think I only used maybe a third of it. So I could have used the other bag I had, but I bought some new stuff. Uh, Use your resources, right? And then I got uh, six L brackets. Um, They're for attaching the one by four shelves to the post. And this was kind of a, um, after the fact. So I had to kind of, uh, how shall we say? I had to kind of jimmy all this together after it was in place already. So get this up front and it'll be a lot easier, especially attaching these brackets in the shelves before you add gutters with soil in them. And then the other thing I added, it's optional. Um, you can add vermiculite to the soil. I, I had a bag of that. I added some vermiculite. You can also add peat moss. I've done this before uh, in my last vertical garden bed. I did not do that for this time. I just didn't. So those are two optional things as well. Now for tools, you're going to need the following stuff. You're going to need a drill with some bits. You're going to need a skill saw. You're going to need a measuring tape. You're going to need a level. And, you know, I am a engineer and I want it to look good too, right? You want it to look, um, you want it to look good. You don't want it to look all wonky and crooked and, you know, looks like it's falling down. And I had that going on for a bit. So even, uh, as an engineer, I kind of blew it there for a minute. And then a pencil or Sharpie marker. I actually used a Sharpie on this and it worked out great. So keep in mind that for this project, I did not dig any holes. Okay. I didn't dig any post holes. I didn't sink anything in the ground. Everything is above ground. So those two by four posts, they are not in the ground. They're attached to the metal poles. So I'm using the strength of the fence to hold up the gutters. And those gutters are filled with soil, plants, and then water, right? You got wet soil in there. So they can get kind of heavy. If you wanted something a little more permanent, you can dig holes for the four, four, four by four posts and sink those in the ground and not use it two by fours. That would knock that off the list. But before you dig 
before you put in post holes and put in these 4 by 4 poles, make sure you call and locate utilities before you do any of that. You would hate to hit a gas line or some kind of wire line when you're building your vertical garden. That would cost and be very dangerous. So make sure you call, make sure you get all the utilities marked out before you sink any 4 by 4 posts. Then I would also add, if you're going to put 4 by 4 posts in, you probably add some uh, quickcrete into it to... Uh, to make sure that your posts don't move over time. So those are just, uh, you know, if you want to get a little more permanent there, you could do that uh, with 4x4 posts. All right, let's talk about the steps here as we start to build this and put this together. So step one, of course, is inspect the fence, measure the fence. Um, You want to measure the fence to make sure you know how much distance is between the poles. And you want to work the poles on your fence because that will anchor the gutter and keep it from all falling down. So on my chain link fence, I found that the posts were about 9 feet apart and the posts are about 48 inches high. So you're going to want to measure the height and the length between the posts. So step two, measure and cup the 2x4s. So the two gutters are attached to three 2x4s. I used three 2x4s that were 48 inches high. So two of the 2x4s are zip tied to the chain link fence posts for support. So those are on the ends. They're about, I think there's six inches that go beyond the posts there. The third 2x4 is in the middle of the planter to provide support in the middle. Because otherwise you've got this flexible gutter that's got two supports on the very ends and nothing in the middle and it would start to sag. So you don't want that. You want a support in the middle. So like I said, I I measured two by fours, cut them in half, you know, 48 inches a piece. And then I measured and made lines at the six inch and 18 inch mark on each two by four post. And that's where the bottoms of the vertical gutters were going to be. I decided I wanted the top gutter to be close to the top of the 2x4 and the top of the fence. And then the second gutter to be about a foot below that. So 6 inches is right about where the bottom of the uh, bottom of the shelf would be. And then 18 inches, that's the bottom of the, the next shelf. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So as in my previous vertical garden project, I'm keeping with the 12-inch spacing between the gutters, and that's how Khaled constructed his freestanding vertical gardens as well. And he's got lots of them now, so <laughs> it's working out pretty good for him. Step three, as I said, attach the 2 by 4 as a chain link post. So um, I used the drill. I drilled holes big enough to thread the zip ties through the holes. I looped the zip ties around the chain link posts and in, and through the 2 by 4 And I used four for the for the 2 by 4 end posts. So the ones on the very end, I used four zip ties to kind of keep those in place. For the middle 2 by 4 I used it to support the middle of the gutters. I just didn't want that to sag. Um, There's no middle post to attach to, um, so I just attached the gutters to that 2x4 in the middle. Now, in hindsight, I should have used the same method to attach the the 2x4 post to the horizontal chain link post on the top of the chain link fence. would have solidified it um, in the middle a bit more. So I wish I would have done that. I didn't. I was heading out of town. I didn't get that done. And... uh, you know, I might do that when I get back to back to town. So step four is attach the one by four shelves. So <laughs> when I constructed the vertical garden in 2016, I used the two by twos under the gutters to provide some stability for the system. And having that support under the gutter does help a lot, especially once the soil soaks up rainwater. If not, you got to remember these are vinyl gutters and they're flexible. And uh, not having that support creates challenges. So how do I know that? Well, I went ahead and put the vertical garden on the fence, 
planted everything. I thought the vinyl was rich enough to support the soil, plants, and moisture, and then it rained. <laughs> and the garden started to lean forward away from the fence. It started to pull away from the fence. And that's where I wished I had that middle zip, those middle zip ties on the on the horizontal chain link pole. So I, I made a mistake, you know. I had to add the one by four shelves to support the gutters and take out the bend in the vinyl. And I could have used two by twos or small boards for support, but I just couldn't find any smaller boards at the local Menards or local Home Depot. So the thing I could find were the ten foot one by fours, green treat. So I bought two of those and and uh, made the shelf. And since I was retrofitting the vertical gardens on the fence, I attached the L brackets under the gutter. So the gutters were there in place. I attached the L brackets for first. I had about a half inch between the bottom of the gutter and the L bracket, and then I slid the one before under the L brackets under the gutters. And the gutters stopped bowing. They were supported by that shelf. And we're really happy with that. It looks good. So the picture on the cover of the podcast shows the current state of the vertical gardens on the fence. And it's been raining all day. Uh, Today, I talked to Julie. Sounds like everything's holding up well. So knock on wood, it'll be all in place when I get back. So step five, drill drainage holes. You do want these to drain. Yes, they will dry out, right? The soil will dry out, but you want um, you want to release an overabundance of moisture. Like I said, it rained a lot today. If you have those drainage holes in there, it'll just get rid of the puddles so you don't have a lot of water and then soil moving around as it tries to drain out. So with a one-eighth inch drill bit, I drill drainage holes in the gutter. I followed Khaled's advice. I drilled one hole in the side facing me every 16 inches. So let me repeat that. I drilled one hole on the side facing me, the front side, every 16 inches. So, you know, like we said, gutters in the sun and the air will dry out quickly and reducing the number of drainage holes will retain the moisture just a little bit longer. We want to retain some moisture. We don't want an overabundance of moisture. I think that's the key. So step six, add the soil and plants. And, you know, in the previous vertical garden planters, I used equal pour parts of soil vermiculite and peat moss and it worked pretty well and the one thing i would say is peat moss does take a long time to absorb absorb moisture and that can be detrimental when you're trying to retain as much water as you can in the limit limited space and how do i know this well i've done uh, different experiments with peat moss where you fill up a five gallon bucket of water dump some peat moss in it and you just watch that stuff sit there on the surface for a while you know and it doesn't ever soak up the, the moisture so you can use peat moss if you want. I'm staying away from it this year. I'm just not using it a lot. So uh, I'm moving away from that. So with the new vertical garden planters, I'm using a 60-40 mix of soil and vermiculite. Uh, There are some other mixes out there that uh, Khaled and, and some others are using. You can check out my previous article about vertical gardening about different soil mixes. I've got a link on Small Scale Life about that. Uh, To mix up all the soil for the planters, I grabbed my wheelbarrow and I dumped 60% garden soil and about 40% of the vermiculite, mixed everything together, scooped it up and added it into the gutters. So with the soil in the gutters, I added the onions, basil and peppers, watered everything by hand with a watering can and then it was time to wait and watch. So a couple thoughts. Um, If you look at the garden, you'll notice I didn't add end caps to the gutters. So the other folks that I was watching as I was building this, Zach from Zach Outside on Instagram, and then Khaled, the plant charmer on Instagram, they left about four inches clear, uh, free of soil. So there's no soil four inches from the ends of the, of the gutters. And uh, I did this too on my first gutter. I didn't lose 
I didn't lose a lot of soil. Uh, the end caps, they do cost some money, so that's going to increase the cost of your project. You can add them over time, but I just didn't add any this time. So I haven't lost a lot of soil, and I just, I'm leaving that free for now. So let's put this all together. As you look at the picture of my 2018 garden, you can you can see that I've tried to maximize the space using those vertical garden planters. They're really easy and inexpensive to construct and maintain. I'm looking forward to seeing how those onions, peppers, and basil plants do this season. And I'm going to be ready for greens for the fall season. I really want to see what this garden system can do. And I've got big plans for it in 2019. So if you want to know more about gardening, especially vertical gardening and some of these other topics, you can check out the Gardening Gateway page here on Small Scale Life. It's the gardening tab as you enter the blog at Small Scale Life. There's a lot of resources about starting plants, blight and pests, vertical gardening, and a host of other topics for you there. So go check that out and let me know what you think. Check out this article. Give it a try. I mean, if you're in an apartment building, you can get a 10-foot gutter, cut it into two-foot sections, and you can grow greens. You can grow onions. You can grow herbs in there. You can grow something. You don't have to live in a food desert. You can actually grow something. So give it a try. See what you think. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to put them below in the in the comment section or just uh, you know send me a note here through the Contact Us page or at realsmallscalelife at gmail.com. So that's all I had for you today. I hope you give this a try. And uh, if you have any feedback, let me know. This is Tom from Small Scale Life reminding you to always learn, do, and grow. I hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care, everybody. sound like a dumbass all the time so yes yes